You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. About to ask this horse for an effort and Frankie comes into the straight, the leader. It's Frankie Ferocious, five, six metres now. In second spot, Major Major. Last tango in heaven, Brooklyn Bridge runs home resolutely down the outside. But Frankie Ferocious opens up. Oh, he's aptly named because he's savaging them. Frankie Ferocious will go home and score a big win. Frankie Ferocious first wins it by about... A sensational horse, Second isn't he? Uh, by Captain Treacherous, Frankie Ferocious. 22 starts, 12 wins, 5 placing. Second favourite with Tab. Uh, price for the Chariots of Fire Group 1 on Saturday night at Menangle. 290, Frankie, and Don't Stop Dreaming. Just drawn a couple inside gate 2 is $2. But this horse, Chris, he's... He's actually led and won his past four, but you called him at Albion Park even five ago. He ran second, he came from last, so he's, he doesn't have to lead to be effective. Good morning. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, he's a top-class horse. There's no doubt about it. He's always been in that upper echelon here in Queensland. His record before switching stables, 10 from 20, unbeaten for Jason Grimson, Cam Hart, two for two. So... Uh, he's possessed with wicked ability. He's the fastest three-year-old to race at Albion Park. I think he stopped the clock at 151, winning there by a, a huge margin of one day. So he's fast and uh, he, he's a very good horse. This is going to be a great race on Saturday night. We've been talking all week long about it. Don't stop dreaming. Frankie Ferocious, Merlin, better be the best. Captain's knock. They're all there. It's a great crop of four-year-olds. And we're watching this race with particular interest, Steve, because... We're wondering if one of these four-year-olds can throw down the Gordland to leap to fame the following mm. week in the Garrard's Miracle Mile. Yeah, I know you've got Cam Hart online, but uh, his gate speed, Chris, like he, he gets right up on the arm, doesn't he, and just explodes off the gate. And be interested to talk about to Cam about that and other factors, of course. And he's with us now. Cam, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Hey, I want to ask this or pose this to you first up. You go into Saturday night's meeting at uh, Menangle. Is this potentially your biggest night of racing in front of you, given the fact that you've got the two favourites in the Miracle Mile qualifiers and Frankie Ferocious is the second pick, according to the market, for the Group 1 Chariots of Five? Th this is a huge night for you coming up on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with you, Chris. It's a huge night uh, coming up and... I guess it's um, probably always a little bit more nerve-wracking trying to get horses into the big race, you know, the following week in Miracle Mile. So, and then yeah, then Frankie Ferocious uh, in the Chariots. It's, it's definitely uh, a lot of big things on the cards, and hopefully we can get some good results. All right. Well, let's focus firstly on the Chariots of Fire. As I said, it's a vintage crop of four-year-olds, two for two so far since uh, joining Jason Grimson and yourself. He came off the speed to win in the Bonanza, which got him into the Chariots of Fire at Melton, first up, explosive that night. And then last time out, he led, and he rated 49-2. I've been asking this question all week long. Have you seen a horse win running that sort of time and do it as easily and as comfortably as what he did last time out? No, I don't think I have. I, I definitely haven't felt one like that before. Um, I've obviously gone, gone quicker a couple of times, and... Uh, but not the way he's done it. I remember thinking to myself at the 200-metre mark, I uh, can't believe the way he was feeling. Like I was still holding him back under 25 quarter. So, 
he's got, he's got that great turn of foot and, and can sustain it for a long period of time. So, um, yeah, he's certainly run a nice race and I think he'll go a lot quicker come Saturday if he has to. So the big question there is, where did he feel better, coming off the speed, chasing a target or just blazing the trail out in front? Which pattern suited him best, coming from behind or leading up? It's hard to say. I think both performances really stood out to everyone and, and obviously myself. But, um, yeah, I think that's just one of the great things about the horse. He's very versatile and, uh, yeah, I can really drive him either way, uh, depending on how you know the first 200 metres looks. But, um, yeah, I can't really pick either way. He was very impressive down in Melbourne off the sit and obviously we've seen what he did at Benangle first up uh, at that track. So, I'm pretty comfortable with whichever way I have to drive him. Yeah, just in that, Bonanza, yeah, I corrected myself, he was three fence there, Cam. Were you confident that you'd get off the fence in, in that race to a go at Melton? Yeah, I wasn't sure how it was going to play out. I was in two minds whether I should be staying and waiting for the sprint lane or, or coming wide. Obviously knew that the, the leaders had, you know, a fair bit left in the tank after it wasn't a brutal, you know, first half, so... It's always hard to come off the fence at Melton and make up that ground, and that was probably why the performance was so impressive uh, to be able to pick him up in a you know a 26 last quarter, and he obviously had to break that to, to beat him. So it's pretty uh, pretty impressive. I just love the way that you push that horse out uh, gradually on the outside of you with that particular race. Yeah, that that took a little bit of time to get get it out of the way as well. Um, you know, it made, only made me probably have 150 metres then in the straight to pick him up, but. Um, yeah, like I said, he's you know he's a very professional horse, and he makes my job pretty easy. So, plan A is it to lead, and plan B to look for cover. Is that how we're sort of approaching Saturday night? I think I'd like to put myself in the in the mix early. Uh, I don't think you want to be you know losing an opportunity uh, like coming out half-hearted. I think I'd like to get him to run the gate the first hundred metres at least, and, and then weigh it up from there. But um, yeah, we'll just have to see how quick these horses to my inside come out. I think there's, you know, a fair bit of gate speed there, so we've got to respect that and, and obviously have that plan B to, to drive him, you know, with cover if we have to. All right. Well, let, let's talk, Turkey. You do the form better than anyone. Those three horses to your inside. Sooner the better, don't stop dreaming, better be the best. Can can they really hold Frankie Ferocious if you sort of get serious early? I opened him up last start. Um, and he really come out quick the first 50, so you're going to have to be pretty slick to, to hold him. Um, I believe probably sooner the better's probably got the best gate speed out of the three. Um, I think better be the best. He's getting out really well at the moment, but I'm pretty confident I'll be able to get past him. So it's really just comes down to Mark's horse, um, depending on how aggressive he gets early, but yeah, I like my chances to get across. Yeah, and he did it like you didn't even have to drive him out of the gate, did you? It was just all just natural, brilliant leg speed there when that gate folded back last week. Yeah, that's right. He's just got that high speed, and he obviously shows a bit at the end of the races that he's yeah he got it out of the gate as well. So uh, hopefully that's enough to to get to the fence, and um, you know we've got to weigh up how much petrol we're using too. We've got to have a bit for the way home. So um, yeah, it's going to be probably a tricky first two hundred metres, but hopefully it works out. All right. Has the campaign been spot on, Cam? Uh, two starts. He's had a fortnight between runs. So is it just absolutely precision as far as the timing is concerned going into this Group 1 feature with Frankie Ferocious? Yeah, it couldn't have worked out any, any better, really. Um, like you said, he's had his uh, races spaced out and 
he's primed for this run. So, and that's full credit to Jace. He's a master at doing that. Um, that's why he's won a couple into the minions. He's very good at uh, you know looking after his horses and. Uh, yeah, I think he's got the ideal preparation coming into a big race. Cam, okay, 149.2, he went in that race at Benangle two weeks ago. How fast can he go then? Because, you, you, you know, he won by a massive margin, almost 12 metres, and you never really touched him. Yeah, I think he can go at least a second or two quicker for sure. Uh, the way he felt on the line going 49.2, I'd be surprised if he couldn't knock a second or two off that for sure. So, um, yeah, he's definitely got a big mile in him, and hopefully, yeah, he's ready to go on Saturday. Okay, let me ask this. If he comes out and, and just, you know, blows them away, wins impressively on Saturday night, the invitation will be issued for the following week, the Miracle Mile. Can he throw down a challenge to, to leap to fame in the Miracle Mile? Yeah, I believe so. Just He possesses that really high speed and uh, got nothing but respect for leap to fame. He's a great horse, but he's probably, uh, if he's ever going to get beat, it's probably going to be a Menangle Mile. It's probably not really in his wheelhouse. Uh, with him being such a great stayer, but uh, not saying he can't win, but it's probably an opportunity for something to to maybe knock him off. It might just come down to mathematics at the end of it. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Um, you know, if a couple of horses can cross leap to fame in a mile and you're sitting a couple of lengths away and they're going 47 or 48, it takes a massive run to, to beat those horses. So uh, I do believe Frankie Ferocious is one that, that could put a challenge to him. All right, well, let's look at these sprint heats now. I'm keen to talk about Hi, my name is Jeff. He goes around in the Allied Express. He's drawn out, but he's unbeaten, Cam, here at Menangle. Eight starts, eight victories. Last time out, 48-6. He's been back to the trials since. Firstly, were you a little disappointed with the barrier draw when it was revealed? Yeah, I definitely was. Um, yeah, it's not ideal to be out in the car park in such a good race, but, um, you know, we've... At least we got know we got that early speed that we can try and put him into the race. But um, yeah, I would have loved to been drawn in a little bit closer. Um, probably didn't need a barrier one or two, or it would have been nice. But yeah, middle of the road would have been you know done as well. Mm. Why does he love Menangle? What what makes him almost well? What makes him impossible to get past at Menangle? He's got that great gate speed, so he can put himself you know on the front end more times than not. And, um, just loves the the big turns. He he's been a horse in the past that struggled around the smaller tracks on the turns, and um, yeah, he's obviously got that high cruising speed. He can you know run 26 quarters all day. Um, yeah, he's got that that speed that he can sustain. So it sort of suits that Menangle Mile racing. Mm. Uh, the other thing about uh, Hi, my name is Jeff. That trial. There's been a fair bit of talk and commentary about how he looked in that trial. You tell me, how did he feel to you? Were you pleased with what he delivered in that trial? Yeah, I thought he felt incredible. Um, probably felt as good as he ever has. And Jace just said he didn't want to give him a gut buster um, in that trial. And the leader was sort of wanting to get on with it. So I just rated my own trial, really, and wasn't really worrying about the leader too much at all. And, you know, probably 100 metres past the post, he was on the bit and running past the leader. So... Um, yeah, I was pretty happy with the the way he felt and his track work's been awesome probably for the last month since he hasn't raced and yeah, I think he's uh, ready to run a huge race. Yeah, This has been the target for some time, the Miracle Mile. Uh, Jason's really, you know, focused on this race. So everything's been pushing towards Saturday night and obviously the following week. Yeah, that's right. His whole preparation's um, been for the Miracle Mile. He's sort of that race out for him, Jace, just knowing how good he is at Menangle and 
and uh, obviously lead-up runs have been super impressive and Jace thinks he's the type of horse that's good enough to win a Miracle Mile and I definitely agree with him and yeah, we'll give it our best shot on Saturday. All right, he's going to have to earn it because of the barrier draw. Just tell me, he went 48-6 winning last time out. Can't remember who it was earlier in the week. Someone said the track is quick at Menangle right now. It's quite firm. So what sort of time do you expect to run here on the weekend? Yeah, I think it'll be a similar mile. I think it'll be yeah, in the 48s, maybe low 48s. And, um, yeah, he'll be coming off the gate very hard. He flies the gate and I'll be pressing for the front. And you know, If someone wants to let me, uh, not want, want to let me go early, then I'm happy to go on with it. I think he's got a big mile in him. I think he's going really well at the minute. So, um, yeah, we'll put all our eggs in one basket, I think, and, and go for it. All right, awesome. What about Hot and Treacherous in the Cordina Sprint? Firstly, um... Are you a little surprised that he goes up as favourite in this race? Because it's quite a deep field, this one. Yeah, I think it's a very even field. Um, yeah, I was really impressed with his run at Menangle when he won. I thought he was huge. Um, he was over the 2300 and, and did a bit wrong pulling and, and went a brutal middle half and, and fought him off at the finish. So I thought that was a great effort and a bit of a shame he got it wrong at the start at Newcastle. But... He's a very talented horse, and I think he's going really well. So it didn't surprise me that he was favourite. But, um, yeah, there's probably three or four, you know, similar odds. It's pretty even field uh, looking on paper. Mm. What happened at the start last week at Newcastle? It's just a little bit different, the gate, um, the speed of the gate there at Newcastle. They sort of blow up just before uh, start point and, and really get away from you quick and just sort of dipped his head down and hung in and, and he just got off balance uh, which is a bit unlike him but um, the gate at Menangle is more of a smooth run into the start and I don't think that'll happen again hopefully Okay so no no gear changes you don't tinker with anything it was just one of those sort of rare errors and you move on quickly Yeah that's right I think we're just trying to get about it I think it's yeah, just one of those rare things that happens unfortunately in racing sometimes and he got off the gate really good at Menangle um you know, the start prior, so I think he'll be fine. As you said, when he won at Menangle two starts ago, that was 2,300. He went really good time, in particular that middle half, as you outlined. What, what sort of time do you think this guy is capable of at Menangle at a mile? Yeah, I definitely think he'll break 50 as well. Um, I think you sort of have to think um, that you're capable of doing that to, to think you're a real hope in a miracle mile, and I think he's got the talent to do it. And, um, I think he's a very versatile horse too. I, I think River City's just as good, but um, we'll press the button early and, and see where we end up, whether we can find the fence or just find a spot somewhere. But definitely think he can run a 48, 49 mile for sure. All right. The big question, and you're going to have to face this question sooner rather than later. So the two favourites in the Miracle Mile qualifiers, you've got a, a terrific chance in the Chariots of Fire. So if they all qualify for the Garrard's Miracle Mile next week, which one do you drive, or is it barrier draw dependent? Yeah, I think it, you just got to see the final field, um, depending on gate speed and things like that, and obviously the barrier draws of each three, but um, obviously Frankie's been super impressive. Um, I think he probably would be my top chance if he got into it, but in saying that, you got to respect Jeff's um, and Angle Mile form, and I know he's got a huge mile in him, so he gives me plenty of confidence when I drive him as well. So it's probably not too much but between those two, but, um, yeah, it probably just comes down to Barry draws, really. Mm. So Leap to Fame's the horse to beat, but you think he is beatable in the Miracle Mile? 
Yeah, oh, for sure. He's definitely um, the best horse probably in the series. It just comes down to barriers and, and where he can end up, you know, the first couple of hundred metres in America Mile. And I'm not saying he can't can't win it, but he's probably, you know, vulnerable compared to, you know, the 2,600 metre races that he can really dominate. All right. Your star continues to shine. You're coming off a PB year in 2023. You're off to a great start already in 2024. You're a proud New South Welshman, kid from the Riverina. Have you allowed yourself just to, to dream a little, uh, winning a Miracle Mile? What would that mean for you? Oh, it'd be huge, Chris, for sure. It's definitely a, a race you grow up wanting to win. And obviously, I've been in Sydney now for, you know, seven years, um, just about. And it's our main race here in Sydney. And yeah, it'd be huge to win it. There's been some great horses over the years um, get up in it. And it's always an exciting race as well. Um, the speed that some of these great horses show on the night, uh, it's pretty impressive. And yeah, it'd be, be great, uh, great thrill for me and all my family. What what is your best memory of a Miracle Mile? I'd probably say Field Marshal's win. Um, I think it's the quickest Miracle Mile in, in history. And um, I worked for Shane Sanderson when I come down to Sydney and he showed me that race a few times and said, just make sure you watch this and that'll teach you how to how to drive an angle. And yeah, it was a great, great drive by Ants Bart that day and um, that probably sticks in my head the most. Mm. Well, history awaits. You've already got an Inter-Dominion. You've got a New Zealand car winning a Miracle Mile. That would be the, uh, the triple crown, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's right. I've been very blessed with the horses that I've been able to sit behind uh, in my short career. And, yeah, hopefully we can add a Miracle Mile in a couple of weeks. Well, enjoy the next couple of days. Enjoy Saturday night. I know you're going to attack it with uh, such vengeance there on the weekend. I can't wait to see you in action. Really appreciate the time this morning. Go well. No worries. Thank you. There's Cam Hart joining us, Steve. So uh, what a mm. what a position he's in. Like two favourites in the the Miracle Mile qualifiers, and the second elect in the Chariots of Fire. It'll be a nice situation to be facing. Wh which one are you going to drive in the Miracle Mile? Frankie Ferocious. Well, that's the way he sort mm. of lent. So that that's a good push, and that shows how much confidence he's got with Frankie going into Saturday night with the uh, the Chariots of Fire. Yeah, he's just an outstanding horse. But that's a frightening thing, Chris. What he said, you know. He could go a couple of, 149, two untouched, winning by 12 metres and go a couple of seconds faster. Jeez. Yeah. I, I don't think I've seen a horse win going that time, win as easy as what he did. And, and, and Cam's just confirmed that for me. He was just brilliant that night. So, yeah. yeah. Just another good Come son on. of this side, Chris, in uh, Captain Treacherous. Ladies and Red with a fantastic looking run. 27.9 the third quarter. She went past them like they were stuck to the fence. Ladies and Red four metres inside for Brave You. Kelly can do no more. Raquero Rebel's getting out. Then Amore Vita. Ladies and Red five metres. Raquero Rebel the danger. Followed by Amore Vita. But the queen of pacing's off and gone. Ladies and Red. She's well clear from Amore Vita and Raquero. Ladies and Red. Ladies and Red. As you'd expect. As you would hope. Ladies and Red is the queen of the Pacific again. What an amazing horse. She is a champion. Ladies in red by 10 or 12 Certainly metres. one of the most consistent mares, Chris, I think we've seen in the modern era of harness racing. Uh, you're going to tell us about her record. And David Brand's online now. Yeah, we'll get this for a record, Steve. 30 starts, 24 wins, 6 seconds. She's earned over a million dollars. So she either wins or runs second. It's a, it's a phenomenal record. She's an absolute star. There's no doubt about it. But I find this so fascinating that she goes into a Miracle Mile qualifying race on Saturday night. First up, 
since winning the Queen of the Pacific. That race was back on November 4. So here she is taking on the boys, who are all rock-hard fit, and she is first up. So this is going to be a fascinating watch. David Moran is the regular driver of Ladies in Red, and he's online with us now. David, appreciate the time. Yeah, no worries, Chris. Thanks for having me. This, this is a huge challenge that's been put to her, so how do you sort of go about it? Yeah, it's an interesting race. Um, I guess now that Typo's scratched from the pole um, sort of makes it interesting. I guess we're in the running line, but um, there's a lot of speed out wide. You know, Hot and Treacherous will run the gate pretty good, I'd imagine, and Spirit of St. Louis, Firefox. Um, there's a fair bit of speed out wide, so, yeah, it, uh, it's going to be quite interesting early. The scratching of typo is key. So is that a good thing for you, that you sort of move in one spot and you're automatically in the moving line? So is that a good thing? Uh, I'm not 100% sure if it's probably the ideal thing. I, I thought the one you know, was a chance of probably holding up, um, which would have probably gained our chances a little bit better. But um, in saying that, she's, um, you know, her record speaks for itself. I know she's coming up against the boys now, but um, you know, she's a great mare and she'll acquit herself quite well. Um, what we do from there, uh, not a hundred percent sure just yet, but um, but yeah, no, she'll be she'll be right. Are you surprised that uh, Emma Stewart Clayton Tonkin are, are going this way with her first up? Um, no, they generally have their horses pretty good. Um, you know, a lot of their horses can can generally go into races um, without a trial. Um, sometimes even so, she'll be uh, she'll be pretty close to the mark, I'd imagine. Okay, you drove her in that most recent trial. Has she had one or two trials back? She had two trials back. Uh, I drove her in the first trial, um, and then I was unable to make the second trial. Mark Pitt drove her there, but she's she's been quite impressive in both trials. I know the first trial she she looked like she was beaten a fair way by Rock and Roll Blue, but they run pretty sick time, and we just sort of run our own trial. I think she ran her last half in fifty three six, so um, she was she was quite good. Mm. Was there any noticeable change in her, you know, physical appearance when you laid eyes on her that day at the trials compared to when you last sat behind her winning the Queen of the Pacific in November? No, not really. No, she, she's um, yeah, she, she's quite um, a chunky little mare. She she hasn't really changed much from day dots. You know, she's probably bulked up and got a little bit stronger with age, but that that's about it. She's she's um, quite similar to how she's always been, really. Yeah, she's not overly big, is she? She's she's quite plain. Yeah, there's not a lot to her. Yeah, she's um, like I said, she's a solid little girl, but she's she's not overly big, and she's extremely plain. Yeah, she she's got barely any markings whatsoever. She's she's quite a plain little girl. Yeah. So if you walk past all those Emma Stewart Clayton Tonkin horses on a race night, you you wouldn't give her a second look, would you? No, no, no. They can uh, <laughs> they, they have some quite amazing looking horses, and she's uh yeah, she's probably the plainest of, of many of them. Okay, so it's going to be fascinating, there's no doubt. So she's raised the boys, she's beat the boys previous, but you're confident that, you know, she'll give it a, a decent crank here on the weekend? Yeah, 100%, yeah. No, obviously, obviously dropping back to the mile and with the speed out wide, it, it, um, it's going to make it interesting to see where they unfold. Um, but she'll, uh, she, she won't disgrace herself, she'll be, uh, she'll be thereabouts. I, I'd imagine she'll be uh, one of the hardest to beat in the race, so um, I'm sure they'll be worried about her also. All right. The Allied Express Sprint, you're driving Curly James. He's been huge in the last six months, just the way he continues to raise the bar. How do you think he's going to line up here? I think he'll line up quite good. I think um, I think Manangle will really suit him. Um, 
he's had a few runs against the better ones now. He's running the Hunter Cup was quite good, I thought. Um, so, yeah, same sort of thing. If, if he's getting a good running transit and he's, he's close enough to him, um, he's probably a horse that, um, you know, if they run it run it for suiting, probably a horse that's going to be thereabouts also. Um, uh, I know there's, um, there's a consolation rate, race on, on final night. So, um, so yeah, if, if he's not to make make the Miracle Mile or something like that, there's also a good race there for him that he, that he should acquit himself quite well at. Yeah, OK. Uh, just looking at it as well, he's very closely related to Ladies in Red, isn't he, Curly James? Yeah, he is, yeah, very close. Um, he's bred by Bill and Ann Anderson at Lauriston Bloodstock, so um, he's been, uh, been another one of their breeds that's done a very good job. OK. So with Gate 3 here on Saturday night, um, what can we expect, gate speed-wise, and where do you sort of want to position you? you want to be in that first half uh, in running? Yeah, well, he gets out the gate very good. He's got quite high gate speed. Um, noted the, the one horse, Mac Dan, gets out quite good also. Uh, and then you've got the speed out wide. Hi, my name is Jeff. Um, better Eclipse has been getting getting out quite good. Um, so, yeah, so there's a bit of speed inside and outside him, but I'd imagine he'd be forward enough. Um, yeah, hopefully he'd be one, one, one sort of thing, uh, one out, two back at, at the worst. Okay. The big one, the Group 1 Chariots of Fire, your own runner here, Captain Hammerhead. He returns to Menangle. He was fifth there uh, against Better Be the Best last week in the Pale Face Adios. Of course, he competed in last year's Tab Eureka as well. Where do you sort of see Captain Hammerhead on Saturday night in the Chariots? Yeah, obviously, uh, his run last week was quite good. He went to the line with the plugs in and, and really unextended. Um, didn't have a lot of luck there, but this week's, uh, you know, another step up again. There's some really quality four-year-olds there. You know, it's probably four or five horses out of that field that you'd select in a miracle mile if it wasn't t for timing. Um, it's probably one of the strongest races, you know, chariots we've seen for a long time across the board. Um, but, yeah, he, he's going to get a really good running trend. I think the draw is perfect. Um, but, you know, whether he's uh, good enough to really compete with them top ones, we're probably yet to see that. Um, and he's probably going to rely on them going to war to, to be in the finish sort of thing, if they sort of if they sort himself out pretty quick, he, he's going to um, yeah, he's going to be chasing the tail for a little while and and might be a place chance. But if they go to war, he's uh, he's a chance of being thereabouts, that's for sure. Okay, I'm keen to talk about the barrier draw. So you're you're happy? Are you? When you first laid eyes on the draw, were you a little disappointed that the big names drew so well? Did that did that sort of just temper your thoughts on the draw? Um, not particularly. Um, obviously, like I said, with, you know, with the way it turns out with our bloke, he's going to need a lot of luck how it is. But I think the way the draws have turned out, it's quite a good race. You know, Frankie Ferocious looks like he's going to um, get off the gate quite good. That'll be the best. He's getting out good now, right next door to him. And, you know, the one horse gets out super quick. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, oh, I think it's good. I think that the way the draws have panned out, it's really made it for, for a really, really good race now. Okay, track's quite firm down there, and uh, the weather forecast looks okay for the weekend. They're, they're going to run their hands off the clock here, aren't they? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, it, it's quite hot, and humid here today. Um, I think it's meant to drop a little bit over the weekend, but um, yeah, the, the way they've been running time lately, they'll uh, they'll smash the clock Saturday night. Mm. And just on your point, uh, there's quite a few that you could take from the chariots and line up in the Miracle Mile. So do you think they'll go with one, two, maybe even three, depending on, you know, uh, luck in running with a few of them? Yeah, I, I think that um, I think they'd definitely go with two for sure. Um, 
think the way the way it is with a few of them horses in the race, I think they'd be um, I think they'd be thinking quite strongly about selecting two two definites out of the chariots. I'd imagine. Okay, well, we look forward to Saturday night. You've got three excellent drives there. Your own horse, Captain Hammerhead, in the chariots. Ladies in red, Curly James, in those Miracle Mile qualifiers. David, as always, really appreciate the time and go well on the weekend. No worries, Chris. Thank you very much. There's David Moran joining us. So uh, he's got some great drives there on the weekend. Ladies in red, uh, the obvious one, but uh, it's a big challenge that they've put to her, Steve. First up since November, taking on the boys, going to Menangle, so... It's going to be very interesting, but it's going to be well worth the watch, no doubt about it. So and as you said, it, she's never missed a top two, so what do you do? Yeah. You can't risk her, can you? No, that's for sure. And the trials have been good. As David said, the first trial was really good. They did their own thing, and she looked really good in that most recent trial at Melton. So can't wait to see her. And she could be the X Factor the following week in the Miracle Mile if she gets that far. So can't wait to see. Mm, yep. Look forward to the barrier draw. Chris, well, I think we saw a very talented... Uh, Philly, didn't we? Uh, last Friday night uh, in the West. Uh, was quite brilliant there. Steno? Steno, yeah. Mm. And Penny Tiger, of course, has got that great gate speed, was able to win there as well. But Matty Young's with us. Matty, good morning. In fact, he's with us now. Uh, how are you this morning, Matty? You well? I'm very well. Good morning to you both. We'll take us through Steno last week. Uh, $1.28 and one with a leg in the air. Yeah, look, uh, she had to build a different way. There was expectations that she could get across uh, Wonderful to Fly in the early stages, but she wasn't able to do so. Wonderful to Fly controlled the race and then um, just got a little bit keen going into the back straight. And then, yeah, basically the wheels fell off there, 26-8 down the back, and that was, that was the end of her winning chances uh, when Steno got into the clear and she was just too strong. But it's just... The effortless style that Steno won the race was uh, what was the best takeaway, in my opinion, of the event, was that she just put her away with such ease and uh, some other very nice fillies away with such ease as well. So has the talk intensified following the victory about bringing her back to the East Coast and, and chasing a race like the Queen Elizabeth slash Ladyship Mile? Yeah, I, I absolutely think so. They'd been talking about it prior to that win and... Um, they're very keen on getting her over there to try and compete in a race of that nature. So, um, look, I can completely understand why they want to do that because she's just going so well. But at the same time, um, they're just waiting for that invitation and hopefully hopefully that comes because uh, she, she's racing as good as any mare we've seen here in WA in the last few years and that includes Wonderful to Fly. So... Her times and the way she's been racing, she's just in a, a real purple patch and career best form. She's been outstanding. Okay. You've got a massive night in front of you tomorrow night. Twelve races, plenty of APG action, so the young horses are on display. What's the race that, you know, captures your imagination the most? Well, there's a couple of really nice races. I think the condition pace, the third, is very interesting. and It has Wonderful to Fly in the race. I think I'm most interested about the race because Wonderful to Fly... I, I still think she can win. I think she could get out to a pretty silly price in this event because of her previous three runs. And um, what we saw last week is she was beaten by Steno, who we know how good Steno is. So in this race, I think from a tricky draw, she's going to be a, a, a better price than you expect. And people will probably jumping off her, but I think sat up and just saved for that sprint, she's going to be devastating late. So I thought she was... Uh, 
really hard to beat in the third race. And uh, then the, the features, we've just got so many good chances going through those. And 10 to the dozen being Menemshah, uh, as well as uh, Grievous, who's been returning as well. So there's a lot of interest in those races. Exceptional Armour V, Waterloo, Copycat Queen was really impressive last week. And I cross my heart, got plenty of talent, resumes from gate number one. And then the $125,000 races, where we see the barrier draws have made things very interesting for both the Colts and the Phillies. And they're just wide open races that uh, show that there's a bit of talent around. And I'm really looking forward to how they go. Okay, so it's a massive night. So your best bets tomorrow night. Are we going each way, wonderful to fly? Yeah, I'd say wonderful to fly each way. I like race nine, number eight, Cyclone Charlotte's been racing really well also. I thought she was uh, a really good chance in that event and there might be one earlier in the car. There is race two, number two, Otis. I really like him as well. I thought he could nearly get around the one who's likely to be favourite and I think if he led, he's going to win this race. So, yeah, race two, number two, Otis. Race three, number seven, wonderful to fly each way. And race nine, number eight, Cyclone Charlotte. They were my best three on the count. Okay, that's tomorrow night. One final question before I let you go this morning. Is there any update on Shockwave? Is he any chance of being ready for the Nullable? Uh, no, he sustained an injury just recently and has been officially retired. So he's, uh, he's officially retired, no more. Just having ongoing issues with him that... Uh, Any time he, he was very close to getting back to the racetrack, but the decision was made to uh, retire him, and he may look at a a season at stud. So uh, that is the news regarding Shockwave.